how can I say this? You don't have to tell Michael Jordan to practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have, you know, what, what's our big goal? What are we doing? What's our mission? And we have core values that we put in the company. And um, all the people in the company have similar core values. So it, so it all works. It all works out. And, you know, you don't have to tell winners to win. Have you been looking for a business podcast with hosts and guests who don't have a stick up their ass? Yeah, I said it. Damn! Well, if so, welcome to your new home, brother. Brother. This is My Fence Life. Woo! Our three passions are beer, bourbon, and business. And probably in that order. We're bringing on business owners who share tips, tricks, and behind-the-scenes stories to help your business be more successful. And we drink during the show. So no matter what industry you're in, pop a cold one and come on in. Welcome to the My Fence Life Studio. What's up, Fence Lifers? Are y'all ready for this? We're on episode 79, and we got an amazing guest today. I love this guy, but I say that about all my guests. You know why? Because I love them all. So we're going to be picking our guest's brain today. He doesn't even know this, so I'm kind of like throwing this out. He's on the hot seat. So we're picking our guest's brain on how he built his team of 25 people, keeps them motivated, keeps them being creative, keeps him collaborating and keeps him accountable. That's a big that's a big deal. Plus, how he's keeping up with the industry trends, emerging markets, all while maintaining his ethical standards. So it's going to be a good show, guys. Y'all make sure and uh get your pen and paper out cuz we're going to be writing some stuff down. It's going to be a power pack night. So, guys, tonight our guest is Caleb Roth. Now look, we're not talking stain. So don't go, oh, that's that stain guy again. Don't worry about it. We are not talking stain. We are going to be talking everything but stain. <clears throat> Caleb Roth, expert stain and steel, expert stain and seal guy, the expert professional wood care guy. He's basically the stain mogul, man. And just so you know, um, he's uh, been a fence builder since the early 90s, a stainer since 2012. CEO of the number one staining company in Nashville. And uh, let's not forget he's manufacturing and distributing his own stain worldwide, all while building a new 10-acre state-of-the-art facility. Now, look, he's got a lot more stuff that uh, I could say about him. If you want to hear about it, go listen to episode uh, 75, I believe it was. And we gave him we gave him the rundown, big old long intro. So let's go ahead. We're going to bring Caleb on and uh, say hello to him, man. What's up, Caleb? <laughs> Figured I'd play man? a little Southern rock since you're from Tennessee, man. That's right. Right? That's right. Good <laughs> evening, man. It's a nice stormy, what is Wednesday? Nice stormy Wednesday here. Yeah, man. I think we got some rain coming. Might mess us up a little bit, you know? So, uh, man, this is the uh, the man who's become a household name in the past few years because of a tremendous brand that he's uh, built. We were just talking about 
how his new hey, his new buckets you're, look. You're and, right, man. At my mama's house and at, at my house, <laughs> mother-in-law's house, they know me by name. They know you by name. I it's know funny. your household name, brother. So, right. <laughs> look, man. I want to give a big shout out to one of our new partners. Uh, as y'all know, Caleb with uh, Expert Wood Care is also a partner of the show. But we got a new one. And you can see it down at the bottom of the screen, swifence.com. There you go to for the no-dig post system. I don't know about y'all, but uh, we're bidding the job right now. We're doing no-dig post. I'm excited about it. Uh, swifence.com, your home for fencing tools, fencing supplies, and everything you need, no-dig. And, Caleb, I think you might need to learn a little something from uh, Mark Olson over at SWI. Because with every order... You get one or two things free. I bet it's a rubber chicken. <laughs> one of them's a rubber chicken. And guess what the other one is? A pair of flip-flop keychain that you can hang from your mirror. I like Nowadays it. down in Florida. Yeah. Slick. We, so, we do similar things, man. That's it. So whenever y'all place an order with SWI Fence, you need to make sure and say uh, whether you want a chicken or some flip-flops, man. Uh, another update. The calendar on MyFenceLife.com, guys. It is fully packed. When I say packed, I mean packed. It's got all your AFA events, um, all your AFA chapter events, at least the ones that we know of, uh, all your uh, NAFCA events, your FWA events, even got all the Tony Thornton Super Summits on there scheduled, expert standing steel events. And guess what? We don't, we're not, uh, we're not picky, man. We'll talk about everybody. We even got Wood Defenders events on there because some of y'all use Wood Defender and we get it. Chainlink Manufacturers Institute Institute event. I don't even know what the hell that is, but it's on there. I was looking at it today. So big shout out to uh, my social media guy who put all that stuff together for us, man. So uh, how are you doing, Caleb? Man, what are you, what, what are you drinking tonight? Man, drinking the hard stuff right here. I got my Q Lab cup, QUV. So these are the guys that make the uh, weather testing machines for stains. And oh, for really? Yeah, it's lab equipment. They give me this cup. We got one of their machines, and I'm drinking some tea in it, man. Yeah, so, well, before we got on, uh, Caleb pulls out, like, this hot tea kettle out of nowhere. I'm like, what are you doing? Dude, like, I, I got it in my office, man. I got <laughs> I got the one gallon of water in my office. I got the, the tea kettle. He pulls oh, out I this believe. tea kettle. I'm like, what are you doing, Mr. Miyagi? He's like, man, I'm, I'm getting some tea. <laughs> I like to keep it real in my office, man. I don't want to go anywhere. Well, look, guys, we got three rules to the show, and you know exactly what those are, and we're going to hit it right now. Beer. Check. Bourbon. Check. Business. Check. Covering all the bases. This is My Fence Life. Yeah, guys. So go ahead and let us know in the comments what you're drinking. Caleb's drinking tea. I am drinking something that is very, very surprising. This is a Mitchell's bourbon. I did a taste testing. And guess what? I picked this over the Pappy 12-year. I was like, what? So guess what? Now it's on my shelf. And I'm drinking it all the time. So I'm drinking the Organic India Ashwagandha Tulsi tea mix. I heard somewhere, I read somewhere that uh, it's good for you. That's what I'm drinking. Right I there. wouldn't expect anything less. I wouldn't expect anything less from you, man. So, look, let's get down to business. 
Uh, a little later, I want to read a review too. But only, I want, I'm, awesome. I'm excited, man. I got I got some stuff to throw at. Hey, you. I got my notebook ready, and, and and I am not sponsored, obviously, by this huge company. But I got this thing called a Remarkable. Dude, I got one too. I use it man, I every love it. day, every I've, day. I've checked all the boxes for this week already, so I guess I'm I'm setting the heavy really. Yeah, yeah, man. Gotta get, gotta get after it, dude. If you don't have a remarkable, you get it tied, uh, linked with your PC. I draw on it, do all my stuff, and next thing you know, it just shows up on my computer. I'm like, dope. Mm. So, anyway, man. First thing, are you an FWA member? I don't know, man. Oh. I didn't know we could be a member. Oh. Can we be a member? You could be a member for free, Brian. I think maybe I am a member. I'm not sure. You probably are. Brian came to uh, Staining University, and um, he said he was going to get me one of those black Wrangler shirts. I'm waiting on it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, those are nice, huh? I want to get one, yeah. Well, we know you're an AFA member, right? Yeah, I've been an AFA member, I don't know. For how long? Over 20 years. Wow. Family's been in it over 20 years, you know, but, but back in the day, um, oh, Ashley says we are a FWA member, but back in the day in the AFA, all, all that I knew it was, was a sticker I put on the back of my glass so I could sell more fences because I was an AFA member. And, um, I think they're doing a better job of changing that. that yes, narrative. indeed, man. I did the same thing. So I became an AFA member because I didn't want to be one of those guys that had an AFA, uh, logo on my website or my email signature. And I wasn't a member. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I paid my dues. I did it. And I've gotten a lot out of it. <clears throat> so now what about NAFCA? Are you with NAFCA? Yeah. 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 We are. We're a NAFCA member. We've done a few trainings, uh, staining trainings at, at NAFCA and down in Florida. And good people there, too. Yeah, man. Clint, Al. So um, I have a interview with Clint from NAFCA that is going to be on um, Monday. Good guy, man. I didn't really know all the ins and outs and, and the backgrounds of all the stuff that was going on with NAFCA and what they're doing. So pretty awesome, man. It's good. It's a bunch of good guys, man. It's really good people there. Yeah, they do a large. Good people everywhere. They're, they're going to do large projects where you're actually going to go out and build a fence, kind of like Sean does. Come build a yeah, fence. They, at, they've done that for years. Yeah, they, come build a Arlington Cemetery. They do, they do a lot of big projects. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So, man, let's get down to this. Um, I got a couple questions for you, man. You ready? Let me start out by saying we're closed on Friday. It's good. It's Holy Week this week, man. We're going to be closed <laughs> on Good Friday. Are you open Friday? Who's who's open Friday and who's closed? I'm open, man. My guys were like, hey, are we closed Friday? I'm like, man. I'm like, why? I said, it's Good Friday. I said, it's a good Friday to work. So, anyway, my, my no. Team, my team actually traded. They got to pick. Oh, really? They, they traded either Memorial Day or Labor Day. I can't remember. They actually traded Memorial Day or Labor Day for Good Friday. Oh, there you go. Paid, paid day off. So we were closed. Wanted to make that announcement. So if you're watching, get them orders in early. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, we'll be closed on Friday. Dude, I just saw another black jo- black stain job, and I got a lady coming in tomorrow. It's going to be about eight five-gallon deals of uh, for her fence. She's coming in to pick a color. So, yeah, you know, Robert over in the comments just said he wishes the AFA was up here in Canada. You know, you've got the Canadian Fence Industry Association or yep. the Canadian Fencers Association. Um, reach out to Fence Armor. They know all about it. They're up in uh, um, they are in Burlington, Ontario, which is right outside of Toronto, just below Mississauga, I believe. Check those guys out. They know all about it. I think they're on the board for the Canadian Fence Association. Yeah. Benji, if you're listening, we got to get those guys added to the uh, website, buddy. Yeah, man. 
All right, so you got 25 team members, right? And growing. It's up and it's up and down, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Roughly 25. So, how, you know, and the reason why I'm asking these questions, Caleb, is because I think the questions I'm going to ask are going to help new business owners, owners that have been in business five years or so, and business owners that maybe have been in 20 years like me, and they just are missing and lacking in this area, all right? So I want to know, how are you building a team that is not only skilled and motivated, but they're aligned with your vision and the mission that you're on with Expert Woodcare? And the reason why I ask this is because when I deal with Ashley, now granted, she's, you know, what is she, the owner? She runs the show? You just show up on every morning, huh? <laughs> so, so yeah, so Ashley's 51% owner, but she's a homeschool mom. She has, We have four children together. She homeschools them. And uh, so we've, we've done our best to push her out of the business. And um, she loves the business, loves her people, but she's she's a homeschool mom. So she, she looks at financial reports of me and, and handles some things. But mostly all of that stuff's handled by our team now. Well, whenever I call, whether it's Ashley or Kurt or Bam or Abby, I don't care who who answers the phone when I call. You can tell that it's it's almost like they're an extension of Caleb. They have the same heart and the same this the same everything. They, they it's like it, y'all are all focused on the same mission, the same everything. And I'm like, how does he keep these people aligned to do that and keep them motivated and on on the vision on the vision and mission that Caleb has? How do you do that, man? Can you explain it? It might not be explainable. No, it's explainable, and it's a, it's on purpose. First of all, it's it's not I'm nothing special. It's not me. It's it's not this special magic thing. But what what helps? Number one, it's the people. It's good people, you know. But the thing is, is we know what the mission is. The team knows. You know, I heard a I heard a Navy SEAL once told a story. He said, "There's nothing worse than being in a platoon and you're and you're uh, you're uh, patrolling through a jungle, and you're like the middle guy or the the guy at the back of the line, and you're patrolling through the jungle, and you've been patrolling for eight hours, and you have no idea where you're going, where you're stopping, where you are, where you need to be. But the guy in the front, he's got the map, and he knows, and <clears throat> the and and so." The point of that conversation was to teach military guys that hey, you need to you need to get the word out to your team what's going on, where we are. Hey, we're gonna we're going we're going to the top of this ridge. It's gonna be it's gonna be seven hours to get there, or whatever. And if people know that, they know where they're going. And similarly, we've kind of done that in our company. We've identified what is our mission, and then we shouted it out loud to everybody in the company. And it, and it's a mission everybody can get behind. And we have a big goal. You know, we have. You know, what, what's our big goal? What are we doing? What's our mission? And we have core values that we put in the company. And I thought core values were silly, um, but we do have core values that we brought into the company. And um, all the people in the company have similar core values. So it so it all works. It all works out. And, you know, you don't have to tell winners to win. Yeah, you know? well, you got a point there. So I'm working on my core values. I've been working on them since, like, November. I even had them come paint the wall. I know where it's going to be. I can all, already envision how it is going to be on the wall as soon as not only we as a team walk in the door every day, but even our customers, when they walk in, they're going to be able to see that and be like, oh, wow. 
So I want to make sure it's right. So I've got the spot. I know right where it's going. I got it painted, and I look at it every day. And some days I don't notice it, but in some days I'm like, man, I really need to get those. So you know, we we did. I can tell you how we got ours if you want. Go ahead. Is that bad weather coming in over there? Dude, man, it's coming. Man. Dude, I can it's hear coming. it, man. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. So I'll get a little closer to the microphone here. Bring <laughs> you a little closer to me. I got a fancy mic, so yeah, yeah. So all right, so so we got the whole leadership team together, uh-huh. sitting at a big desk at a big table, big conference room, and we just basically said, "What does it mean? What do we stand for? What do we believe in?" And we just threw all these sticky notes on the board, hundred of them. And uh, you know, what does it mean to be us? What do we believe in? What are our values? And um, it's been so long now, I can't remember what all we wrote down, but it was just. All kinds of things, what we stand for, what we believe in, and, and, and many of them, maybe 10 of them meant the same thing in different words. Maybe some of them were stronger or meant more than others. But we, we set all those out, and then we said, well, if we could only have five or if we could only have six or, or seven, what would we? What would be the ones we had to pick? If we could pick no others, what are what are the five or six that we'd pick? And we put, everybody went up and put a star beside of theirs. And, um, and then all the ones that had the stars beside of them, or the most amount of stars, we took those. And those were kind of the starting point. And, and what, what we realized was that we all had similar beliefs, similar core values. And then Ashley and I took it and, and we went from there. And we changed some of it because at the end of the day, it was, it was a, it's our company and we have a vision for where we want it to go. And so we may not have used all of them, but we really, we really brought the team together. And then we did this, a similar exercise uh, with the whole team later, but we, we got all those things from the collective and then we put our own spin on it and our own taste of how we wanted it to be exactly. And I struggled with it like you. And there were a couple that I wasn't, I wasn't really big on. And finally I just said, you know what? I have permission from myself to change it, to be what I want it to be. And then I, and then I flipped it a little bit and, um, then we, we put them, put them in place and we, uh, rolled them out we set them in stone we've got them posted up in the office they're on the bathroom door if you're taking a if you're using the bathroom in our office <laughs> you can see it no it don't matter if you're doing number one or number two you can see it it's on the doors it's on the walls it's really it's on our desks it's in work areas it's everywhere it's shortened we've got bracelets that you can see it that uh have um i gave mine away because every time i give an opportunity somebody not doing something right or or doing making an excuse i'll give them a bracelet but we got bracelets with the core values and things like that on it and uh Really? That's how we did it. That's how we rolled it out. Yeah, man. Huh? So you got not only posted everywhere, but your team's walking around with wearing it every day. Yeah. Well, it's a way to help remember it. So, um, so, like, so, so, yeah. Give me an idea. What is was the? What um, does it say? So the bracelet. I didn't come up with this, and I probably wouldn't have came up with it. But um, it the bracelet says, "Let God be at the destination," mm-hmm. and. Um, it's, it's an acronym. The first word, uh, the guy that picked that out is actually no longer with us. But the, um, the first letter of each word in that is, is uh, the first letter of one of our core values. And we have six core values. And they're not really for marketing. I'll, I'll be glad to share them with you, but I don't want to. I don't. No, no, that's influence, fine. I don't want to no. influence people on, on what they are. But um, that's an important thing too. Is you you don't use core values for marketing. A lot of some companies will have their core values all over everything. That's okay. But but really, your core values are for you. They're for your for your team. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm not wanting to put it in my foyer because 
I want my customers to see it for a marketing purpose. I'm wanting to put it there so they, so my team members know, my guys know that when the customers come in, they're seeing it and it's helping them kind of like you do with taking your bracelet off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with the customer seeing it. It's just not something I would put in a, you know, fence news ad. Right. I got you. I got you. But yeah, man, we got it everywhere. And a lot of companies have it everywhere. Well, man, that's, that's, that's dope. I like that idea. We got the mission, the missions on there. Huh. I got it right here. Um, Dude, you know you know how Mark Olson does. Hang on a minute, man. I'll, I'll share it with you. Hang on. All right. I got you. All right. You're going to leave me all by myself. Hold on, guys. Hey, fence lifers. Don't close that gate just yet. We have a whole lot more building to do. So sit back, pop a top, because we're just getting started. Now, here's your host, Dan Block, the Fence King. So I'm doing. I'm gonna flash them across the screen here because I, I want people to think of their own. Um, but I've got two versions. I've got a big version that, that has, that's really dialed out. See core values. Mm-hmm. Our, pur- our purpose, our big goal, and our core values. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, and then I nice. got it here. I got Ooh, it here. I like that. So uh, this is a shorter version of it. This is the one that's on the. You know, this is the one, if you're standing up to pee, if you're sitting down, you're going to read the long one, right? <laughs> and I got these hanging from the ceiling. We got them everywhere. Dude, did you just go pull stuff. those out the restroom? No, I got case. I got boxes. <laughs> we ordered a lot of these, man. I got them. And we're building a new place, so I got a bunch of them extra for the new place. Dude, I love that. That looks That's good. That's important, man. You got to you gotta put your own flavor to it and um, put it out there. I've heard it said, though, that three, it's, it's easier to use three than six because you can. it's easier to triangulate thinking. And so if I had to do it over again, I would consider doing three instead of five or six. Um, But some people have 10, so it just really depends. Core values are important, man. You know why they're so important? Why? Because if I say, Dan, you didn't show up for work on time today, I'm attacking Dan, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up, my dad was hard on me, and I needed it, and I'm so glad he was. So you can get in my face. You can... And iron sharpens iron with me. I like people who are direct. I have a, a type A, D dominant part personality. And so I like it when you're direct. If you tell me you're late for work, I know I was late and that's all I need to hear, right? To correct myself. Some people, when you tell them they're late for work, they feel personally attacked and they have to go in the corner and, and they have an emotional re- response. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's the problem when you're running a business is everyone's different and you, you have to find a way to, uh, you, you got to find a way to, to reach everyone the way that they need to be reached. The core value works like this is, uh, let's just say, um, lead by example is your core value. Uh, Dan, man, you're a crew leader, man, and you showed up late for work today, man. Were you were you living out? Um, were you leading by example? Were you living out your core values today? And now we're now we're attacking the behavior is showing up late to work. We're attacking the behavior, not the person. Okay. It's like, hey, man, when you showed up late for work today, man, you were not leading by example, were you? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a little different. It seemed kind of twisted to me at first. No, but no, that's, no. But that's really the way. That's really what core values are for. You know, it's like uh, you got to lead by example. If that's your core value, there it is. Lead by example, man. Yeah, that's one of my doing that. That that is that is not the. You know, that's not what we do. That's one of my big ones, man. It's, it is huge. Lead by example. 
And I tell my guys, you want to know why someone on your crew is doing this? Because you do it. It's real easy to tell someone, hey, man, that's not how we do things when you don't do it. But when you do it, you can't really say anything. So then the behavior continues. Yeah. So if you lead by example, then you're good to go. Like my guys, I don't think they've ever seen me late. Never. Monday morning, we have a meeting here. I make sure I'm here before everybody else. You know? So, all right. I got another one for you, man. I'm afraid to ask this because you got some good damn answers. All right. So, uh, this you might have already had this. worked one. on this stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, it, we've worked on it. It's been, I mean, we hired a business coach and because um, I, I knew I didn't know anything about business. Yeah. Well, I hired somebody to teach us, and we still we still have a business coach, and uh, I think that's important. It's nobody you guys probably ever heard of. It's uh, um, I don't I don't advertise who we use, but it's important to have a somebody to hold you accountable. And 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 um, I'm pretty good about holding myself accountable, but you got to have somebody that's been there and done it and knows what's going on and know know the you know what I'm saying. It's it's like when you're it's like when you're a grown man. And you see a 16 or 17 year old boy doing something. He thinks he's being sneaky. And you're like, I already know what you're doing. I already yeah. know what you've done. Yeah. In fact, I probably did it worse and didn't get caught. And so it's, it's the difference is having somebody who's got that experience. It's so good for, it's been good for us. So, you know, I got Ron the consultant and, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, is he really working? Right. You know, am I really learning from him? Is he really helping? Well, I look at my numbers. Yes, he's helping. But you want to know how I know that I know when he's helping? When the people around me are like, I don't like that guy, Ron. And I'm like, ah, he's doing his job. <laughs> so we're keeping Ron around if you don't like Ron because Ron's making us do things that we don't want to do. And it'd be different if we were doing things we didn't want to do and we weren't progressing. But we're progressing. We're moving forward, uh, you know, and, and so forth. Our margins are up. So, you know what? You don't like Ron because you don't like to do what needs to be done, you know? The only the only thing I'll say about a business coach is the coach that we use to to be a coach in this association, you have to have uh founded a a company, built it to a sizable number and stepped away from it. Um either either through um being you know, you built it and sold it or you built it and stepped away from it and you no longer work in the business and the business operates, excuse me, without you. And so that's, that's what we use to, well, to decide on who. we. And that's to. how you know if you're an employee or not, because you might say you're a business owner, but can you step away from your business for three weeks? So that's how you find out who's, who a real owner is, you know? All right. Next question was how you cultivate culture and creativity, but hell man, you covered that one. Right, I can, I can. Uh, the hell is all that noise, man? What are you doing back there? That's my tea kettle, man. This is I'm new to the whole tea thing, so I'm <laughs> still figuring the kettle out. I'm like, what is happening back there? All right, let's see. Next question: How? So you're you're talking about creativity and culture and yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have a Monday morning meeting? How are you collaborating? How are you getting people to? add value to the company and collaborate with you and help you? Um, several things. So yeah, we do Monday morning meeting. Like we get that from Matt Warner. 
Uh, we we had a Friday morning meeting before. We changed it. Matt Matt talked us in, and it just seemed to make sense to go into a Monday morning meeting, have the whole team there, and then every day. And that 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 meeting's thirty minutes usually, uh-huh. um, and then we break up into teams and, and figure out what we're going to do. And that's important meeting, and uh, everybody wants to be at the Monday morning meeting. It's good. And then secondly, um, daily we do huddles. We do a daily huddle every day. Really? And uh, yeah, yeah. And that's that's usually we get the whole team done in eight minutes. And so a daily huddle looks kind of like uh, for us, it's uh, it's nine a.m. and we're going to everybody's there on time or early. And it, it goes, Dan, yesterday I walked the dog and I took out the trash. And today I plan on painting the fence and mowing the grass. And my top priority is um, repainting the mailbox post, uh-huh. whatever it is. Right. What I did yesterday, what I'm doing today, and what my top priority is, if I can get nothing else done. And everybody, boom, 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 does that. And, uh, and that's it. Simple. If you're not here, you call in, and we do that every single day. And what that does, it just gives us a, a communication rhythm in the company uh-huh. so that every uh-huh. day everybody knows what's going on. And as your team gets bigger, you can do like uh, like tiered. You know, you can have different departments do different different huddles. I know our sales team does uh, their own every day um, similarly. But, yeah, that's that's what we've done is, is the morning huddles, which is awesome. And... Um, I highly recommend morning huddles. We call them daily huddles. Highly recommend that. It's it, 25 people. We do it in eight minutes. So it doesn't take any time. Uh-huh. And it, it, and you know what's going on. You know, you, everybody every day hears. And, and it also holds some people account. You know, it, there's a, a certain level of accountability to know that you got to, you got to get something done because you got to, you got to tell the whole team what you, what you did and what you're going to do. Yeah. Especially uh, if uh, you say you're going to do something today and then tomorrow. Well, yeah. in that top priority. Yeah. I, like I, I'm checking that box for me you know, every day. <laughs> um, so, and we, so the, what we can do to create um, creativity and collaboration and all that is awesome. But the problem is, is I'm a real creative person. So I want to, I'm always coming up with ideas and things. And so, so uh, I, we've had to kind of step back away from that because what I, what I learned is that uh, my voice carries a lot of weight. So if I come up, with the way I describe it is I'm going down the interstate at 120 miles an hour, straight line. I'm going down I-40. I'm going from East Coast to West Coast, and I know where I'm going. I'm not stopping. And that's where I'm doing business, right? I'm going like that. But along the way, I see these billboards. Those are ideas. I come up with ideas. I see billboards. And all the time, I'll be like, hey, look at that. Did you know that there's, you know, did you know about this? Or I, what about this idea? And when I when I, when that idea runs across the screen of my mind, I got to get it out and I got to say something about it. I got to, I got to chew on it a little bit. I got to throw it around the room and see what people think. And what was happening is um, every time I said, Hey, uh, what if we went to metal buckets? If I just threw an idea out like that, Uh what was happening was people uh, that were, that were boots on the ground. were just going, Oh my God. Well, it looks like we're changing the metal buckets. We're changing everything. We're going to have to get all the, and I, and, and it was just an idea. And so what was happening is people were saying, well, okay, you know, a lot of times we, we change our focus and, um, and then I'm looking at the numbers and looking at things. I'm like, we're not changing focus. What are, what are you talking about? And I, and then it was explained to me, well, your voice carries weight. So for, for a leader, um, you gotta be careful throwing ideas around and, and new, new things and bright, shiny objects. I can, I can talk about them. In fact, I enjoy talking about them, but still stay on the straight and narrow 
um, but other people it kind of can mess them up. You know, I found that I found that with me because yeah. I'm an idea guy, and I'll, you know, I had a little meeting with Benji today, and uh, Benji's like, you know, I don't like throwing spaghetti on the wall, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna throw spaghetti on the wall. Let's see what sticks. I gotta look at everything, you know. I gotta take everything and look at it. Yeah, you know, all the way you, around. But you need somebody like Benji, that that is not like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So him and I were actually on this platform, and uh, Benji was on there twice, and I was on there once because he logged in as an admin because we were working on this new background since uh, SWIFence.com uh, jumped on board with us, and he was up there twice. So I just shot him the bird twice. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm flipping off both of y'all, man." You know, <laughs> don't tell me you're not down with spaghetti on the wall. That's how I got where I'm at. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a throw it on a wall. Let's see what sticks and talk about it. But I got to be careful because my guys, oh, I thought we were doing this. And all I did was just throw an idea out there and they take it as gold. You know, oh, we're doing this. So I deal, I deal with that problem. Yeah. Well, and then, the, and then, so. So I got to learn to keep my mouth shut, right, and and talk about it. But the good thing is, you you and me, we like ideas. So you and you you we can take our ideas offline and share them with each other, or share them with the type people at the top of your organization that can handle those ideas and understand that um, that are there to to balance you out, right? Um, but the, probably the best thing we've done is quarter strategic planning, um, and that's that's what we've done to create collaboration and things like that. So um, a strategic planning would be. Uh, you may maybe some people have called our office or seen like social media posts that says we're going to be closed today. Happens four times a year. We're going to be closed. We still answer the phone, but we'll have we'll have somebody else answer the phones, and um, and we do a we'll bring in bring in the leadership team, and we'll do basically a, a quarterly planning session. We will um, we'll go over the numbers that we did the last quarter goals and see what our actuals were, and then I have to be prepared for that meeting with excuse me, with all of those numbers. And then I also have to be prepared for my next quarter's numbers. And usually for me, I'm three or four quarters ahead with my projections and things like that. And if, if I hit the last quarter, like last quarter, we went over our goal, um, which was good. Um, I, so I had to, I had to slightly tweak my next quarter a little bit. So I uh-huh. got to come to that meeting prepared. And then we say, Hey, in order to make this goal in, in order to make these numbers happen, what do we have to do to make that? And so we start throwing out ideas. What do we got to do? Where are we, where are we lacking? Where do we have to improve upon? And generally what, what you'll find is or for, for us and um, it's two to three things. So generally it's, you know, you, you may come up with 50 ideas. Well, in order for those, let's just give an example. Let's, let's say you're a new guy in the fence business and you want to get to a million dollars and your goal for, for, uh, you did fifty thousand dollars this year, uh, or the end of last year. You had done fifty thousand. You want to do a million dollars in the upcoming year. A lot of people are like, "Well, I need to do this, 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 and this," and they do fifty things, and um, they don't execute on any of them. So, so the way we do it is, for if if we were to look, if our one year goal is a million dollars, one year from now, for us to say that it. We did a million in revenue for that to be a true statement. What would have to happen? And we just break it down. Well, we would have to sell this many things. We would have to correct, you know, we would have to um, have our manufacturing processes down to this. We'd have to have our service down to this, our callbacks down to this, whatever. And we back ourselves into it. And then we, we say, okay, this quarter, what's the, 
the top two or three things we can do. We identify those and we knock them out and we have tasks. I mean, and, and we build it out. We have a software that we use to where we can mm-hmm. all see it in a dashboard. We got priorities. I mean, I, I know uh, one of our priorities right now um, is, uh, is uh, more of a team building priority. So every quarter we also do a kind of a team building priority last quarter. Um, we did this box and uh, we had everybody drop a core value. If you saw somebody living out one of our core values, doing the right thing or whatever, um, you would you would write it up, put it in the box. And if we got so many, um, we we're going to go go do something as a as a family, you know, have the whole company together. And um, we we met that goal and we're going we're going bowling tomorrow night, taking the whole company bowling and their families. So so those things are what we do to build the team. So we're working the culture side and we're working the business side. So we'll have two to three business things and one culture thing. So generally it's two heavy business things like uh, maybe it'd be marketing related or sales related or manufacturing process related and then, and then sales related. And then uh, what are we doing to build the culture? And so two or three top priorities is all you get each quarter, but you got to really work hard to get those two or three done. And if you can get them done, it makes a big difference. Yeah. But then before you know it, you turn around and you're like, wow, look, look where we came. You know, look where we are. Look where we came from. You know, it's taken it's taken me um, and our team. We're still not great at it. We're we're on the sixth quarter of really working on this strategic planning, and we're still not. We're much better than we were at setting the right target and the right priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, five years from now, it's going to be way better. Oh yeah, definitely it takes time. And look, big companies do that too. I mean, look at Matt. You know, I don't know how you. That's where we got it, man. This is yeah. what big companies do, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know uh, how big your company is or what your your gross revenue is, but I know, you know, Matt's doing twenty plus million easy, and he's running ten, fifteen crews, whatever he's running, man. He's rocking and rolling, and this is what he's doing, you know. So I do. Yeah, I haven't talked to Matt about strategic planning and things. I'd be, I'd, I'd really like to be curious on how they do that. Well, you better be hyped up and ready to go. You better put a little something in your tea when you call Matt. <laughs> I talked to Matt earlier today, man. <laughs> did you really? I did. I, I was messing with him the other day via text. And uh, he, he we, dude, we mess with each other so bad. It's funny. He'll text me early in the morning just to mess with me. So, next question. Oh, I, you know what my next question is? Does yeah. Ashley bring? What is it? muffins or something on monday morning meetings i just feel like she's like the i'm gonna make a little quiche for the guys and girls in the morning and you you were you talking to a guy who's drinking tea on this uh fence life podcast we used to bring in a bunch of we used to hire a local um place to bring in a bunch of um breakfast food but the problem was it was all sugar it was all like muffins and sweets and all this stuff and and people it just they didn't feel good when they ate it so we cut it out so now we don't do any food but everybody's here but we're thinking about doing a pancake breakfast you know i hear about these pancake machines at the holiday inn express yep i've heard about it <laughs> all right next question you're on the hot seat man how are you fostering a strong worth ethic <clears throat> accountability and responsibility among your team members we might have touched on that a little bit how can I say this? You don't have to tell Michael Jordan to practice. Yeah. Yeah. Or to so, work hard. You know, I got a couple guys that I have. They're here every day. They don't mind staying late. Uh, 
hey, we noticed we only got maybe a half a day left on that job. We'll come in Saturday, knock it out, so that way Monday we can have a fresh start, you know. Um, the ones yeah. that will say, hey, I'll catch that on the way home from work, you know. And then you got the ones that you're like, hey, you think you can catch that on your way home from work one day this week? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know. And then his guys are like, ah, well, I'll catch that. You know, they left the charger somewhere or whatever, you know. You know, you know, um, I called Matt with, with a problem I had and, and uh, a concern. And, and he said, business is like a six lane highway. You got people that are moving in the fast lane and people in the slow lane. You just got to get the slow people out of the fast lane so that the fast people can move on. And I think that's the way it goes. You're not, everybody's not going to be rock star in what they do. And, and what I mean, you can have a guy who sweeps the floor and be a rock star. But what I mean is there, there are some people when you get higher level people that are incredible, they can push the needle so hard and the gas pedal so hard and so fast that you just, all you can do is get back out of their way. Yeah. I mean, there's people in this world that are, I mean, there's people making a million, two million, ten, twenty million $20 million a year. How are they doing it? They're solving really big problems at a really high level. And so how do you get people like that in your business? And um, the answer is to have a business full of nothing but those people, I think, because what I've, what I have found is uh, when you get to a certain point, you have to, you have to, um, you have to, higher up you have to hire better people in your organization that doesn't mean the people in your organization are bad people but you have to it's no different than having a baseball team full of really good people and but if you want to go to the playoffs or the major leagues or what it, what is uh, the world series you have to you know unfortunately the really great human beings have to sit on the bench and you got to get the a players in there you got to get the I don't know any famous baseball player, but you got to get Babe Ruth in there, right? That's going to really yeah. get you where you got to go. And that's the way it is. I think I think well, what we're finding is that you just really got to get good people. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, those people, which using Matt's terminology, that are in the slow lane, they're also part of the team, and they help the guys in the fast lane get things done. Yeah. You know, I got a couple guys. They show up on time. They leave on oh, yeah. time. and. They're a huge part of the team. Well, you know, you wonder why some of these companies, let's just, I'm not going to say any names, but let's just, in every industry has these kind of companies. They're portfolio companies. They'll come and they'll buy up every, they'll buy up 20 brands, uh-huh. right? We've seen these. And what happens, the way they're able to grow those brands so quickly is, let's just say this portfolio company buys up a bunch of one to $3 million companies, but they have 200 of them. And they've got, let's just say they have a $250 million portfolio. That company can hire people that the one to $3 million company could never hire because the people let's make, we'll say maybe somebody was a really great marketing op director and they were an operator, meaning they were boots on the ground. They got stuff done at Coca-Cola. What's a billion dollar brand or whatever. And those, that person's looking for a new job. They would never go get a job at a one to $10 million company. But when the $250 million conglomerate calls them and says, hey, look, I got an opportunity over here. It's it's at three and a half million dollars, but we got a, 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 you know, an obvious path to 10 to 30 to 40 million dollars. It could be a great opportunity for you um, and we'll pay you X dollars. They're they're likely to go jump in that seat and blow the doors off that business. And so that's that's what happens. That's how these companies grow is they they when you get to a certain level, when you can afford the talent, 
they bring the talent in and the talent blows the business up. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's so a, what's the answer to blowing your business up is to find some really, really good talent. And Matt always said, pay your people. And what I've found to that is to me, the way I interpreted that was you just take the people you got and pay them more money. And sometimes that is the answer. But but there's a point of diminishing returns there because you can only pay so much. I mean, there's a certain, you know, a street sweeper can only make so much money for it to make sense. Um, well, but I think what he really meant was A players, high level performers cost more money, I think is what that that really means is high level players cost more money, but they they bring they, they make the needle move much faster. They have the skills that maybe you don't have that your team needs to grow. So I think that's the big, the big answer there is really good people. Well, we got to find some really good people. <laughs> They're out there, man. They're it doesn't hurt to have that influx of cash too, where you can afford to hire somebody like that to come in and then yeah. they boost your sales. And now they're paying for themselves and you had to step out yeah. on a ledge and make that investment. You know? Yeah. I, th- I think in the world that we're in, the way I look at it, the way I justify it is, uh, you can, I don't want to say this and sound vain or, or cocky or anything, but generally speaking, you can afford most things for 90 days. Right. I mean, we're not talking a million dollars a month here, but if, if you had an A player, how much money more would they cost per month than a B player or a C player? Um, you can probably afford that. You can probably swing that for 90 days. And 90 days, rock stars are they are getting after it. You will know immediately. Probably within two weeks, you're going to know these people are, are, are winners. And so I think it's worth a risk. Yeah. Good stuff, man. This is. I bet you this is going to end up being one of our number one shows. This is some good information, no matter what size company you are. So here's a good one for you. You ready? Yeah. All right. How are you staying up to date with industry trends, new technologies, and emerging markets? Well, as far as the staining service business goes, there's not much out there. I mean, there's, there's, I don't want to sound again vain. We, we probably are. You know, you got the Wizard of Wood out there who's um, doing big things, but we're probably pushing. We're probably kind of near the tip of the spear in the stained service business. And it's a small, it's a small industry. So, but when you talk about on the big stage of the stain manufacturing, what we do to stay kind of ahead of the game there is we, one, I mean, we look at the books, though, you know, the trade publications. I'm sure a lot of you guys do that. We, um, but what I like to do is I like to look, I like to look elsewhere. What are they doing in Sweden? What are they doing in Australia? What are they doing on the other side of the world? What kind of technologies out there? And, uh, and we attend virtual events, you know, like the world coding show and things like that and check that stuff out. And then I think, but the number one thing that I've always done to just be out of the box is just, I've been the rules. I break the rules. So I'm not a chemist. And, um, so, so when we go in and we have a chemist on staff, but when we go into development of a product, I have no box. I'm not within a box. And it's, it's kind of like, I guess, maybe a bad thing in some ways, but a good thing in other ways, because I have no, I have no formal education in uh, chemistry to hold me in a, in a certain train of thought. So 
So I just come up with crazy ideas. How, what about this? Can we do that? And, it, and a lot of times it comes out with something neat. And then having that chemist there to balance it out and to say, well, the reason this works is because of this. Or to say the reason this isn't working. Because when I would do an experiment and it failed, to me it just failed. Well, now the chemist can say, well, the reason that that failed is for X, Y, or Z. So that's pretty cool. So uh, just thinking outside the box, man. What does that chemist say about your black stain? <laughs> That stuff has got to be the blackest black that I've ever seen. So if you if you were to come out of our shop right now, we've got we've got about probably ten black sample boards out there in the in the air, you know, just doing its thing, and uh, we're improving it even more. So it's yeah, uh, that's it's a black stain, man. Yeah, it's, it's, black de- stain. it's definitely black. Well, it's almost like charred black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where it comes from, man. That's where a lot of that stuff is coming from. All right. So I got one last question for you, man. How are you maintaining high ethical standards and prioritizing, you know, social responsibility and and sustaining that? I think it comes down to people. Um, Think of somebody in your life, if you're listening to this, think of somebody – like John Wayne, everybody knew what John Wayne was going to do. John Wayne was going to rescue the girl and he was going to knock out the bad guy every single time. Right. Yeah. Dirty Harry. Right. Well, that'd be Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, but you'd same but thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Same. He's going to spit on the dog and kill all the bad guys. Right. If you have good people and they have similar core values as what you have and you want your company to have, um, I think you know what they're going to do. And so you don't, you don't, they will hold the line for you. In fact, they may even say, whoa, 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 whoa. How does this align with our core values? How does this align with what we stand for? Is this the right thing to do right now? And the whole team will stop and they'll go, you know what? We need to pivot a little bit because this probably isn't something that we want to do. So I think it's just having good people that align with you. I think that's what a lot of big companies do. And that's what we're doing is just, you know, we're not going to cut any corners and nobody's going to let anybody cut a corner here. So. I think yeah. that's what it comes down to, doing the right thing in the dark. So, man, when are you hosting your next uh, standing university? Because I know I just got back from Alexandria. Is that it, Tennessee? Yeah, man, big big metropolis. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I know Joe does one. We'll probably do that one this year. Uh, that's in November, October, November. And uh, I think I'm going to do a digital one very soon. Uh, we did a virtual uh, digital a virtual one we did a virtual one late last year in december and it was a smash we really we had a couple hundred people tuned in the entire time for eight hours or six and a half hours i'm sorry jesus really yeah it was it was a huge event and uh, we'll do that again we do have an online thing i can i can get a link for you later but we got an online training portal that you can log into it's free there's training videos there it's it's kind of basic right now i think there's only eight or ten videos but um We'll have we'll have a lot more uh, to come, and um, you need to send me that. Kind of it, man. Because I got a yeah. little training room. I use my office next door as a, a training room, and um, I make my guys take the uh, the eight one one call before you dig class, so they know what they're doing. And then we do forklift and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love to put them through that, man. Yeah, we can do it. Um, and, and the reason you log in, people are going to ask, well, if it's free, why do you have to log in? It's, you log in so you can track your progress. 
Okay. Okay. Simple. Track your progress. If your guy logs in, you can see, oh, well, he watched all the videos or he just, or he didn't. Right. So we can, you can track your progress through your team members in there. So man, are you, are you going to go to Canada? We do. We've, we've done quite a few in Canada. We did one in Canada, um, over the winter. I don't remember what the date was, but November or December, we did one. That was, it was crazy. Uh, it was, it was 30 below zero or something up there. What? And we, we cleaned the fence. (laughs) And, uh, and we stained it right, you know, within a couple hours and I had bare hands out there and all the Canadians were going, how's he doing it? How's he doing it? Cause it was so cold. And I thought, man, you got, I'm from Tennessee. And this, I mean, I, you just do it. And, uh, all the Canadians were like, it's too cold. We got to go inside. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. It's too cold on my hands. Well, uh, you know, we, um, we just, you know, became a partner with you. Brought in a bunch of stain, getting ready to bring in some more. Um, I got to send that email over to Ashley. But, uh, man, we went ahead and threw out there that we were the dealer around here. And that was yesterday, today. Now, this is no SEO, no website built. Benji's working on it, which we talked about that. Um, Adriana, whatever, supposed to be getting back with us with all that info. But I already had two contractors call me today. Hey, man, I heard you carrying expert wood care so um, uh, i'm pretty excited about that partnership man i think sky's the limit i can't wait yeah, to we're, get my- we're excited too man we're real excited and i think anybody listening to this i know i know a lot of big big names listen to this show i know a lot of uh smaller people that just getting started listen but i also know that there's a lot of people dan that listen to this that are in um high ups and some of the big, you know, you got master Halco people, you got fence and supply group people, you got big names listening to this. We're not, we're not going anywhere. You know, we are in the fence industry, come from the fence industry and we're here for the fence industry. And that's, that's what we do. So trains not stopping. We got to work with you guys. We've, we've put in, I'm going to go on a little tangent here because we've worked hard uh, to be in the fence industry and uh, we want to work with you. So uh, let's do it. We're going to support Dan. We're going to support all the dealers, and we need them. We need the distribution. Get the word out, and because uh, we're we're not stopping. So, call us. Let's go. Yeah, man. Let's get it done. Couldn't yeah. couldn't have a greater bunch of humans to work with, you know. So now you were at Fence Tech, mm-hmm. showed off your new pre-staining machine, which was pretty dope. Twenty twenty-five year old machine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's new. It's new to us. Right. New to the United States market, yep. So oh, so that thing's that old? In, uh, yeah, man, it's been they've been they've been running that machine since nineteen ninety two, I think. So it's proven. It's proven, yeah. Yeah, I know there was some I know there was some uh fuss <laughs> about it was uh oh the you know, how original, but I'm thinking, yeah, this is a this is a twenty five year old machine and about a fifty year old design. So um pre stained machines have been around forever. The look you know, the uh the Olympic stainer nine thousand, I own one of those and it's from nineteen seventy two and it's a flood coder. It's uh, it's the same exact thing. So pre-stain's been around forever. We just found a way to do it economically, and uh, yeah, man, they're doing they're doing painting with it. They're painting trim with it. They're staining fence boards. They're staining four by fours, six by sixes. Um, we're making a modification so you can stain a true six by six. Uh, you could stain a six by twelve with it when we finish this modification, and huh. um, making some mods to it. So it's it's really a cool thing, and uh, people are even doing cabinet doors with it. You can run cabinet doors through it. So really crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can't wait. I got two of them on order. I'm not, uh, I'm not 
ordering a hundred of them, but I got two of them coming. So, yeah. So now, are you going to be at the uh, Finch Show and Security Expo in uh, Vegas? Yeah, yeah, we are. Let me back up to the pre-stain machine. If you are in Texas, uh, Benford, call call your local Benford rep. They've got the machines. They're going to bring them in for you. Uh, they need to hear from you. If you want staining machine, if you want pre-stain on your job sites, call Benford, call Eagle Supply, call Capital Wholesale, call Merchants, call Eastern, call whoever, call SWI. Tell them you want the machine, and we'll get the machine to them. Uh, call Dan. Dan's going to sell the machines. Joe Evers. So, so uh, wait a second. Fence you got, factory you everywhere. Got, you got Merchants Metal selling them? No, I want you to call Merchants Metals and tell them they want them. We're we're working. <laughs> we're working them. We're okay. Working them. Okay. They're they're not going to bring it in though if they don't think people want them. So we need we need people to say, hey, yeah, we want it. And uh, that's the whole idea of me saying that. Same with the stains. You got to call these people and tell them, bring in the stain. We need the stain because uh, that's what's really going to make it so that we can serve you better. But Benford's got it, right? There is a expert staining machine in McKinney, Texas, right now on the ground for you to go look and touch and feel. Oh. Um, I think we got one also in um, College Station, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere between uh, Houston and, and Austin. Really? Yeah. All right, man. I got to go. Bye. <laughs> we, we've got one coming to you real soon we we got container loads coming over here so dude i can't i can't it's, i it's, cannot it's, wait uh, we get in our showroom together yes yeah, so somebody asked how ready. many boards per gallon you can stain a board about every three seconds and you're going to get about 100 feet of fence or 200 to 220 pickets through the machine with a five gallon bucket of stain those are five and a half inch boards five and a half inch well so that'd be 220 versus 200 so 100 foot of fence. Okay. If you spray a fence, you're going to get about half that. So you're going to get about 125 square foot a gallon if you spray it. If you uh, if you run it through the machine, you'll get 200 to 250. Um, and that's a pretty conservative number. Where that is a oh, real Oh, wow. Number. All right. So I'm learning something here now. Double your money. Yes. Exactly what I just thought. <laughs> and you can do it in the rain. Really? Yeah. You can't stain a fence in the rain, but you can pre-stain one in the rain. Because your shop's got a roof on it. So I already say, I see an easy up in, yeah. in a backyard. <laughs> yeah, right? you can stain on the job site too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I like but about I, it. But I do want to I do want to thank Benford for for giving us a chance on that because they didn't have to. And looking forward to that relationship blossoming into something nice. And um, Southwest Automated Security, they're going to be stocking them. You know, they she just said something. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk. Would love to. I know a guy named Jeff Goodwin. I got his phone number. I'll give it to you. You can just start need, texting him late a, at night. Uh, I need a super crazy gate at my new place. I got a 30-foot opening, uh, and I need a gate. I, I almost want to do a big one of those things. I don't know. Oh, dude, that would be so dope. Um, man, we are doing this crazy gate. Uh, guy sent us a picture off of, like, Pinterest. Sent it into a courtyard aluminum. And they came back with schematics, and it's on order. We're putting it in. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Susan, my phone number, I'm going to put it on the show because I'm not afraid of getting phone calls. 615-533-4481. That's my cell phone number. It's been my cell phone number for 20 years. Call me, and I will be happy to talk to you about the machine, Susan. <sighs> Thanks a lot, Caleb. I, I can hardly get you to answer my text now. No. <laughs> I'm just going to delete you out of you. my phone, bro. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, man. So what else, dude? So, you go, so you're so getting a booth at uh, FWA. 
You were yeah, at- yeah. Th- we want to support the industry and see what it's all about. I mean, we don't know. Nobody knows what the FWA show is going to be about. It, it sounds really cool and exciting, and I can't wait. Uh, Got to be there and check it out. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be there too. Um, and I, I'm excited for next year's uh, Fence Tech. It's going to be in your town, man, Nashville. I'm bringing the whole team. I'm excited. They really want to go, and, and it, you know it's tough when you're traveling across the country and trying to leave the trying to leave the machine running. So yeah, uh, leave the mothership. Yeah. yeah so really um, <clears throat> I was so Susan uh, K. Worley and Kevin Steve drove up there with me. Drove back, and man, when we were leaving Oklahoma, we were like, "Wow, that was better than New Orleans." And then I, it may have been Susan that said it. She was like, man, Nashville is going to be just amazing. Yeah, they should probably do it in Nashville every year. You're not you're not lying. I think that would be a good spot. It's number one city in America right now, I think. I mean, it's just really it's, it's crazy. It's number one or number two. I mean, it's a it's a destination city for sure. Yeah, and I it's can't. Within, it's within. Uh, there's a lot of logistics moving here because we're so centrally located to the, the we are central to the to the majority of the United States population wise. So you can be, I think, within five or six hours of 80 percent of the United States population within six five or six hours. So it's we're huh. uh, we're so, close to everything. So uh, consultant Ron, you were talking about having a uh, coach that has had a business, built it up, sold it, isn't in it anymore. Right. So that's what Consultant Ron did. He had some uh, pool companies. And I met I met him in high school. And he was working for his uncle at a pool company. Ended up opening one on the North Shore. Then ended up opening them up along the East Coast. Sold the entire business. Got out of it. And then he uh, ended up hooking up with a guy doing spas and golf carts. So now he's helping his cat with spas and golf carts. And he just moved their factory from Arizona to outside of Nashville. So I haven't seen him in a couple months. He's been in Nashville. They make, they make golf carts? Yeah, yeah. They're doing golf carts, man. That's cool. Yeah, it's we pretty need, dope. We need, we need to make a stained golf court cart. I got something for you, man. <laughs> I want to show it to you. Go ahead. So you're talking about coach and, and that this is the, this is what we follow. It's, it's a book called scaling up. Who's that book by it's by Vern Harnish, but what it is, it's called mastering the Rockefeller habits 2.0 scaling up how a few companies make it and why the rest don't. And this is a book that I read years ago on audible. Cause I like audible yeah. I like to listen to my books. I didn't get anything out of it. Really? Let's see here. Let's well, that's find. why. Look at the book. Look at the highlighting. You see the highlighting? Once once I actually sit down and read the book, it blew my mind. It's amazing. If you if you get this book and follow this book, um, and you won't need a business coach if you follow it properly. But I'm I'm a, I'm a knuckle dragon, hard head uh, Neanderthal who needs a coach to 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 make sure that I follow the line here. But this is what we're doing. We're doing scaling up. So if you want to grow your business, if you're serious about it get this book. I've got a copy for everybody in our company and we follow it. And this is what we do. So the name of the book is scaling up. It's purple scaling up. for all you scaling guys that are up. listening. And, uh, who, it, it's a purple book says scaling up and, and who's it by again? Tell us one more time. Vern Harnish. 
Okay. H-A-R-N-I-S-H. It is mastering the Rockefeller habits. If you want to, if you want me to hit you with some of it, I will. I don't know, see, man. I, I may have it right here. Let's see here. Let's see. There's a page in this book that I want to read to give it, give people an idea of what. what you know what? About. While you're doing that, it just so happens the breaking news is ready to go. You look what that you up. And now, and now, we have breaking news coming to you straight from the My Fence Life Studios. Hey guys, I don't really have that big of a breaking news thing, but when I saw it. All I could think about was my buddy up there in uh, Iowa, Illinois, or whatever. He's a real big uh, Chicago Bears fan. He goes by the name of Dan Wheeler. Y'all may know him. So, apparently, there's a... Let me look this up real quick. Apparently, it came off of my computer, so I got to get back to it. Beware of purple fence post so if you spot a purple fence post in illinois or iowa dan wheeler he's probably riding around on his tricycle with a box of crayons (laughs) painting purple on post no not really but anyway uh so man they use purple to mark property corners and to and to say and to say no trespassing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't know that. So, anyway, I don't really have a big story, but when I saw those purple posts, I was like, Dan Will has been riding around, man. So, if you see one, take a picture of it, inbox Dan Will with a picture of a purple post. Anyway, that's all I got on breaking news tonight. Go ahead. What you got, Caleb? So, there's this Rockefeller Habits checklist. It's 10 things, and in each of the 10 things, it's got four boxes. This is long, but if you're listening, I want to give you kind of an an inside look at at what companies that are very healthy look like. And if you and if your goal is to to work yourself out of your business so that you can either sell it or so that you can keep it, um, then this is for you. Um, the executive team is healthy and aligned. And the four check boxes under this is team members understand each other's differences, priorities, and styles. The team meets frequently. Weekly is best for tr- strategic planning. The team participates in ongoing executive education. Monthly is recommended. And the team is able to engage in str- constructive debates, and all members feel comfortable participating. Two, everyone is aligned with the number one thing that needs to be accomplished this quarter to move the company forward. The critical number is identified to move the company ahead this quarter. Three to five priorities that support the critical number are identified and ranked for the quarter. A quarterly theme and celebration are announced to all employees that bring the critical number to life. And quarterly theme or critical number is posted throughout your company and employees are aware of the progress each week. Remember what I was talking about earlier? Number three, communication rhythm is established and information moves through the company accurately and quickly. All employees are in a daily huddle that lasts less than 15 minutes. All teams have a weekly meeting. The executive team meets for a day of learning, resolving big big issues and DNA transfer each month. Quarterly and annually, the executive and middle managers meet off-site to work on a strategy and execution. Four, every face of the company has a person assigned with the accountability for ensuring goals are met. The function accountability chart is completed, the right people doing the right things, etc., 
financial statements have a person assigned to each line. So your P and L, you assign somebody to each line on that P and L, the oh, high wow. P and L. Uh, hmm. Each and they're responsible for it. Purchasing, so, marketing. Sales. Wait a second. Wait a second. That is a damn good idea. It's a good idea. Each of the four to nine processes on the process accountability chart, which is something that's in this book, has some someone that is accountable for it. Each three to five year key thrust slash ca- uh, capability has a corresponding expert on the advisory board. Uh, if internal ex- expertise doesn't exist. Um, yeah, th- these are the Rockefeller habits. So remember that name. Huh. Number five, ongoing employee input is collected to identify obstacles and opportunities. Uh, employee input about obstacles and opportunities is collected weekly. A mid-management team is accountable uh, for the process of closing the loop on all obstacles and opportunities. All executives have a start, stop, keep conversation with at least one employee weekly. That one is huge. Uh, start things we should start doing, things we should stop doing, and things we should keep doing. The insights from employee conversations are shared at the weekly executive team meeting. That's five. There's five more. I'm just huh. going to give you the, the high level on those. Six is reporting and analysis of customer feedback. Data is as frequent and accurate as financial data. Core values and purpose are alive in the organization. Employees can articulate the following components of the company strategy accurately. Number nine, all employees can answer quantitatively whether they had a good day or a good week. Number 10, the company's plans and performance are visible to everyone. So, you know, and each each one of those last five had four checkboxes beside of them. But all this stuff's in the book, man. Huh. And and don't expect to do all of those at once. You might get you might check two or three boxes a quarter if you're lucky. But after five years, you got all the boxes checked, man. You have something special. Dude, that's Here's that, another cool book. I that's read. my kind of stuff, man. The Toyota, Toyota way. way, man. 14 management principles. I'm just getting into this one. It's a good Dude, one. Dude, I heard that Toyota used to, the way they used to do their sales, they would build the cars and put them out on the lot without the radios in them. <clears throat> and then they would, they worked a deal with the radios to where they could get them. And by the time they got the radios, installed them, and shipped the cars, they were selling the cars before the bill came due for the radios. And they were able to, like, there was some kind of crazy number that they were able to work out that saved them money. And they never really actually paid for the radios because the cars were selling before the bills came in. I can attest to that. You see that truck? <laughs> Dude, I saw that truck in Tennessee. That's like, my Toyota Hilux right there. I was like, whose truck is this? And you came out like, that's my truck. <laughs> yeah, my first truck was a Toyota Hilux in 1981. Um, and I own I own two today. One's a project and one runs and drives and I drive it everywhere. But I just knowing what I know about those trucks, there are a lot of those trucks that you find without a radio in them. Oh, they really? didn't come with a radio. And that makes sense, what you just said. It makes sense. Because some, you know, some guys like, no. I ain't paying no, I ain't paying no extra $35 for a radio. So yeah, man, they, um, and I actually heard that in a sermon by a preacher who was talking about, um, a finance class. And he told the story about how Toyota used to do with their radios and the trucks would be a hundred percent done, but they found that if they didn't buy the radio, until it was ready to ship, and they all went out there and boop, 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 put radios in and shipped them. 
By the time they got to where they were going and were sold, then the bill would come in. They already sold the truck, and they basically never really paid for a radio. I mean, they paid for them, but they never had to come out of pocket to pay for them. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, little things like that, man. It's, it's pretty interesting. Insane. Well, look, man, it's been a great show. A lot of great information. I think this is going to be one that I'm going to listen to a, a couple of times just to hear how you're building a great team because, you know, I noticed it the first time I was in Lebanon. But, man, I really noticed your team and how they were almost like two cogs together. You know what I'm saying? They just worked really well together. I'll tell you something else I like. They were all walking around with a firearm on their side. And I'm like, this is my kind of place. I love a constitution state, you know. Um, and you could just tell, man, they were, they were all in tune. It was, it was, it was nice. I met, um, big tall black guy. What's his name? Kurt. Oh, that's the guy I was talking to on the phone the other day. Had no idea who I was. And I'm like, how does this guy not know who I am? And then he told me, uh, he, no social uh, media. He has no social media. <laughs> it's like, a good right. life. That it explains everything. Life. Yeah. He probably gets a whole lot of productivity done in his life. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to listen to this again and uh and learn some more. This is why I had these questions because of what I saw when I was in Tennessee. I was like, you know what? I need to find out what's making this company tick and why why there's this aura around everything that's going on at expert wood care. I think something that's important is uh, you like ideas. I like ideas. The thing is a lot of people get bogged down and they, they got the dream. They, they think that they, they want to do something, but then they get bogged down in how they're going to do it. It don't matter how you're going to do it. As long as you know, you're going to get it done. So when I, when I, when I take on a problem or I get a dream or a goal or whatever, I don't even think about how I'm going to do it. I just imagine how good it's going to feel when I get it done. And uh, I think I think that frees me from anxiety or stress or worry about the details, the little details. And uh, and it just, you know, and then pair that with a good, really rock solid team. Like we can just blow right through obstacles. We just go right through them. And uh, there's not even an obstacle there. And if there is an obstacle, we're like water. We find a way to go over it, around it, or under it. So, don't worry about how you're going to do it. If you're sitting there, uh, if you're one guy in a truck or you're working a, a job that you hate and you're thinking about going on your own, if you're worried about, you know, hiring a new person, um, man, don't worry about how you're going to do it. What, what does it take to what does it take to get to the next level? Maybe it's a really good team member. Get them. If it's a really good team member, they're going to produce. If it's um, you know, if it's if your business that you're doing on the side is a really good side business, then it would be unreasonable to think that it wouldn't be even better if you committed to it full time. So I just want guys to focus on that and get their stuff done. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't let stress. Um, there's nothing I hate to see worse. And I hate to see it. This is me personally, but I see, I, you know, so many times I've seen guys that work a job like at a County, they mow the grass for the County or something and they make $30,000 a year with insurance and they got a fence company or a staining company or a lawn care company on the side and they make, more money on the weekends than they do at their job, but they're so scared to quit their job because of insurance. All with the insurance, all with the insurance, man, you can buy insurance anywhere. You can get insurance. Don't let something little stop you from changing your family tree. I think it's important, man. So many, so many people, um, 
man, we pay for the, you know, in the Bible it says, uh, something I'm not, I'm going to butcher it, but something about, um, you, you, uh, sons or children pay for the mistakes or the sins of their fathers. And man, I, I just don't ever want to, I don't ever want to fall short. I want to, I want to leave, um, a good legacy. And when I say legacy, I don't mean sports cars and money. And what I mean is, uh, I want a legacy yeah, and uh, something that kids can be proud of, and I think that's important, man. Don't don't let don't let a don't let something as simple as I'm afraid to quit because I don't know what I'm going to do, or I'm a I'm not going to fire my guy who smokes dope and doesn't show up to work on time because there's no good people out there. There's plenty of good people out there, man, and uh, they live next door to you. They're riding in the car next to you on the interstate. There's good people, and you got to be you got to be afraid, not be afraid to get them, hire them. And do the thing, and uh, if you if you got the right dream, if you got the right culture there, um, you can do it. And another, and the last thing is a, a big mistake that I've made uh, that I won't make anymore is if you, when you get a players, you get two or three really good people on your team. If you got two or three really not good people, the A players will not stick around if you don't take care of that problem. They won't because they don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to. They can go somewhere else because people like us thirsty for them. When you get your chance, don't squander it. If you get your chance with that A player, do not squander it. Change your family tree. Yeah, nice man. That was a great ending there. That's all I got to say. Look, guys, before we go, I want to thank SWFence dot com, your one stop shop for no dig post system. Uh, We're going to it. We're going to be. No digging our aluminum. I can't wait to do it. And uh, this cat right here, Expert Stain and Seal, 19 flavors, no back brushing, can't beat it. I got a picture of a fence today. I'm going to send it to you. They used a, another uh, stain company, sprayed it, and you can see the spray marks and where they stopped and started. Guess what? You don't have that with Expert Stain and Seal, self leveling. And uh, my good buddy, uh, Matt Warner, myself, and thank you for everything you do for uh, My Fence Life. BizRaider.com, take control of your reviews. And Clever Fox, thank you, Benji, everything you do for the show, man. really appreciate it. And uh, the Fence Show and Security Expo, are you going? Are you getting a booth? The Fence Show, the FWA show? Yeah, get there. Oh, yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, you know what? A little silent partner in here, old Susan K. Worley. She does a lot for the show, man. Uh, I bounce a lot of things off her, titles of the show, descriptions, ideas for the show. She shares the show every week. She's in the background. She even works her schedule around when the show is so she can make sure she can share it. So uh, big shout-out to uh, Susan K. So Y'all have a good one, man. And uh, Caleb, love having you. And hey, fellas, y'all – Keep on fencing. Yeah, man. If you want to hear more stain stuff, don't forget the Stain and So Experts podcast. We always shout out uh, the show, your show on there and, and others. Yeah. And uh, it's a blast, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's been fun. Yeah, man. We're good, guys. Y'all keep on fencing. You've been listening to My Fence Life. Yes, we like to have fun. Beer, bourbon, and business. And although we have fun, we take our business 
very seriously. Dan Blanc is known as the Fence King, and he's been providing high-quality fence solutions since 1999. He's connected to industry leaders, business leaders, financing experts, and marketing gurus that will be on the show to talk about their success stories. To find out more about us, hit the website at myfencelife.com. Listen to the show wherever you consume your content. We are everywhere. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. See you next time on My Fence Life.